Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio with host Jerry Prokopovich. Our program covers all aspects of Civil War history, from the battlefields to the home fronts, and features guest experts, plus insight from your host as they discuss the most critical period in American history. Now, here is your host, Jerry Prokopovich. This is Jerry Prokopovich with Civil War Talk Radio. Usually, our guest on the show is an author, often one who's based in a university, but history is researched and taught in many venues outside of academia. Indeed, that's what we call public history. You're, you're soaking in it right now. Our guest tonight embodies multiple forms of public history, from his day job at the National Archives to his work for historic preservation, his experience as a reenactor on film and in person, his expertise in Civil War-related social media. The magazine Civil War Monitor calls him the hands-on historian. His name is Brian Cheeseborough, and he joins us tonight on Civil War Talk Radio. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency Podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at ecu dot edu. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Coming to you, as usual, from East Carolina University's Brewster Building, third floor, office A320. But although I sit in their building, I don't speak for East Carolina University, not for the Pirates, not for anybody on campus, uh, nor will my guest speak for anyone but himself, as we always do here on Civil War Talk Radio. It's all freely expressed individual opinions, not institutional. And, uh, boy, there's a lot to say. Uh, Last week, there was no live show. This is October of 2022. We're in the third third Wednesday of the month, I believe. And last week was the fall, uh, one of the fall versions of this hallowed ground, the tour of Civil War sites in Virginia, Maryland, and Pennsylvania, put on by Stephen Ambrose Historical Tours. And I... I'm fortunate to get the opportunity to guide one of those once in a while, and I did one last week. And and what a great tour it was! I'm still feeling the the post uh, post tour buzz of of spending a week really absorbing the the history that you 
you get the feeling of only by actually going there. There were so many highlights uh, of the trip. It'd be impossible to name them all, but uh, one of them, as always, is walking the path of Pickett's Charge, which we do each time we go on this trip. Uh, the last time I did it, the group ahead of me was there was another group doing the same thing of people walking across the field and I went up ahead to see if, if, if they were going to go fast or slow, should we go around them? And the person giving that tour turns out to be Dr. Carol Reardon, author of Pickett's Charge in History and Memory, the greatest uh, living historian on the topic of Pickett's Charge. So I decided I would just follow her and do whatever she did. And that's what I did this time. She wasn't out there with her group, but I, I, I learned from her example and followed the same path. So much going on. There was, there was a new uh, a new interpretive plaque at the North Carolina Monument on the other side of the field where Pickett's Charge took place. Uh, you may have read about that in, in, in Kevin Levin's blog where he describes this new monument. Uh, there are other changes taking place at Gettysburg. Great work has been done at Devil's Den to uh, restore and stabilize parts of it. There's ongoing work at Little Roundtop. We did not get to go on the hill in any way. There were, there were powerful gates everywhere keeping us off, but with so many other things to do. Uh, we saw the Shriver House in town, as we always do. If you're ever in Gettysburg and looking for a tour most people don't get, uh, check out the Shriver House for the civilian experience during the battle. One personal highlight for me was uh, we, we spent a little bit of time at Spotsylvania, and I spent some extra time there on my way to the beginning of the tour, driving up from North Carolina. And after just reading Jeffrey Wirt's book two weeks ago and talking about with him on the show two weeks ago to then go and see it uh, in person with that that fresh interpretation that he had fresh knowledge was really really powerful uh, on the way home after the trip was over I like to stop at a few Civil War sites between Richmond and here in Greenville North Carolina which is is absolute definitive proof to my wife that I've lost my mind that after a week of Civil War site visitation, the one thing I do on my free time coming home is visit some more sites. But I got to uh, look at some of the, the places in Michael Weeks' guidebook on uh, Virginia. I was visiting places related to the Overland Tour between the Battle of Spotsylvania and the Battle at Cold Harbor. These are not national park sites. They are intersections and shopping malls and just just little spots in, in central virginia where something did happen and just to stand there uh, the terrain's not identical but but it was great to to get that feeling and i also got to go to uh, for the first time i've been trying to do this for several years uh Tadopotomoy creek if i said that correctly another site that was occupied by the armies between those two battles in may 1864 uh, and it became a Park Service site about 10 years ago or so, and, and I've been meaning to go there ever since, and finally got to do it this week. It was great. And while I was walking across the bridge over the creek there, somebody saw my ECU History Department uh, golf shirt that I was wearing, and they shouted out, East Carolina. I replied, Pirates, loudly. It was very invigorating. Uh, much as when we were on the East Cavalry Field at Gettysburg, there was another car of visitors there. And it's very rare to see other visitors when you're on East Cavalry Field. If you've ever been there, you know how 
how far away from the, the, the main crowd it is. But there was somebody there at the Custer Monument, the Michigan Monument, where we were, and he was wearing a Michigan football T-shirt. So I saluted him with the appropriate Go Blue, uh, which I think startled him briefly, but then he responded appropriately. Uh, speaking of which, Michigan won again. Always a good thing in football. Uh, and speaking of T-shirts, uh, to be recognized in, you can be recognized in your Civil War Talk Radio T-shirt. Uh, I didn't see any on the tour, but our bus driver, uh, Hal, said he saw a couple on the previous tour that he drove. Uh, some of the, the tour members were sporting them. And so you can join that fashion parade. Go to www.impedimentsofwar and get yourself a Civil War Talk Radio t-shirt and find out who's going to be on the show next. Lots of interesting people coming up ahead. Next week, uh, Wade Sokolowski will be back here talking about the Save Wise Fork battlefield movement. We'll talk historic preservation with him. And also he has a new book on North Carolina hospitals during the war. We'll, we'll touch on that too. On the first Wednesday in November, uh, November 2nd, Clayton Butler's new book is called True Blue, White Unionists in the Deep South During the Civil War and Reconstruction. We'll follow that up with Alexander Rose. He has a book called The Lion and the Fox, Two Rival Spies and the Secret Plot to Build a Confederate Navy. And uh, I'll tell you, I wasn't keen on having this book as a show topic when I first got it, uh, but his publicist is knows no... Uh, uh, limit to persistence and so I decided all right let's go ahead with it and uh, now that I'm looking at it I, I think we'll we may have something here on the 16th David Thompson has a book about finance during the Civil War called bonds of war and I'll give you the rest of the season we'll finish up uh, no show on Thanksgiving uh, the 23rd of course but then Bradley Gottfried comes back to the show uh, with a book that compares Lee's two invasions of the North, the Antietam and Gettysburg campaigns, on December 7th, a date that will not live in infamy on this show. Uh, it's not 1941. It will be a, a, a good show, hopefully. Uh, Donnie, Donna McCreary, Mary Lincoln presenter, will present to us Mary Lincoln Demystified. And we'll finish up the fall season with our old friend Gary Gallagher. You all know his work. He's editing a new edition of Bruce Catton's Army of the Potomac Trilogy, the one that ends with the stillness at Appomattox. Uh, it's being done for the Library of America, I think, as a single volume. And I'm really eager to talk with him about it and to dip into Bruce Catton again. I haven't read in some years, but always enjoy it. So that will be will be fun. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with our guest tonight, but let me just stay, say a few more words about the tour, because I really cannot get over what a interesting time we had. Um, the I mentioned the, our bus driver, Hal. Hal has driven the bus on every This Hallowed Ground tour I've ever done, with one exception. And he has heard me talk so many times that he could now do the tour, and indeed he could do my job much better than I could do his there would be a fatal bus plunge if I tried to take over what he does. But he he drives the bus, but he's he's really into what we do on the tours. He and I talk history. Uh, he goes in the museums. You know, some bus drivers just sit out in the parking lot, and I don't know what they do. He goes in every place we go, 
Uh, we have interesting conversations. He, he's a, a vital member of the team, as is the tour manager. Uh, Connie was our tour manager. This time around, I've worked with her before. Uh, she also is indispensable. And together, they make the tours great. And even if you're if you're listening to the show, you know you'd want to go. But what if you want to bring a you have someone at home who doesn't want to spend hours immersed in Civil War uh, detail? The answer is bring them anyway. A number of people. Well, you have two choices. Some people leave them at home. We had husbands who'd left their wives at home, and we had wives who left their husbands at home. Uh, because the trailing spouse had no interest in the topic. But we also had couples who bring them along, or father and adult child, or mother and adult child uh, groups who bring their their non-Civil War enthusiast companion along. And th- the most gratifying thing is when the trip is over, they say, that was good. They enjoy it. They learn something. We don't immerse ourselves in trivia and minutia. We, we try to keep it accessible uh, at the same time we had one afternoon off and I took a few uh, devoted people on a nine mile hike of Gettysburg an extra hike uh, I, I was a little sorry when that was over physically but what a great experience it was another highlight of the trip uh, so much going on one last comment that I, I apologize in advance to, to Brian Cheeseboro who was waiting patiently uh, we talked about the the power of being on the scene and the power of monuments. There was a photograph I saw online today of a politician whose name I, I will not mention, uh, boasting of their interest in history, posing in front of the Wilder Brigade monument at Chickamauga, saying, I'm here to honor the Confederate soldiers of Wilder's Brigade. And, of course, since you're listening to the show, you know that John T. Wilder's Lightning Brigade was part of the Army of the Cumberland. They were federal soldiers. So people say, if we tear down monuments, we won't learn history. It turns out sometimes if we leave the monuments up, we still won't learn history because we don't bother to take a look at what they say. Uh, You just can't win. Well, let's find out if that's true in every historical case. With our guest tonight, Brian Cheeseboro, he has done many things in the Civil War field. Brian, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on while I chatter there. How are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great tonight, Jerry. Um, Thank you so much for having me on. Well, I'll I'll tell you, I don't think I've had a person on the show who has recommended more times than you. Uh, I've, I've talked to people... You know, I've had colleagues of yours at the National Archives on the show. I've had uh, reenactors uh, that I've met on the road, different places. And again and again, people say, you know, you got to have this Brian Cheeseboro guy on the show. And <laughs> that, it, that's amazing. I, I, <laughs> I'm totally flattered. Well, it, 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 no, it's true. So, so, uh, well, let me start with with your day job. Um, now let me let's go back further. Let's start. What what got you interested in the Civil War in the first place? Well, I, I figured you were going to ask that, but before uh, we do that, I, I want to okay. comment on your um when you talked about uh, the bus tours or whatever, and you yeah. mentioned about uh, the non-history spouse or child mm-hmm. or whatever coming along. Uh, it reminds me of um some months ago or, or something. Uh, my wife and I um and she's really 
history for her, it, it all comes from me pretty much. She mm-hmm. was not any enthusiast or anything. Um, some time ago, we went up to Pennsylvania. I, I live in Maryland, and we went up to Pennsylvania to um, go pick up some furniture that she saw on Facebook Marketplace. So we, um, on the way back, I, I said to her, um, how about, would you mind if we stopped at Gettysburg? Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, okay, and everything. So um, then I thought about it, and I said, you know, I've always wanted her to see the cyclorama. Oh. And um, I, you know, we went, we went to the visitor center. We saw mm-hmm. the, 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 the documentary film. We saw the, the visitor center itself and the exhibit, and it's amazing what they've done. And mm-hmm. then after all that, we went up the escalator and, uh, you know, it's, there it is. Yeah. And so I gave her a few minutes and then I just said, what do you think? And she just said, wow. And I just, uh. I, I started <laughs> crying because I was like, I've waited a long time to hear you say that. I knew I just had to get you up here mm-hmm. and, and you would be amazed. Now she wants our kids to see it. So, yeah, that, I, I know what you're saying. Well, that, that that is a great story, and and I'm sure many listeners can relate to that. We all have those moments. Uh, we hope to have those moments when when we introduce someone to the field in a way that that makes them them feel a little bit of what we feel. Um, well, let's take a short break as we do on the show. We'll come right back, and 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 we'll begin at the beginning uh, with your the origin of your interest in Civil War history. Our guest tonight is Brian Cheeseborough, all-around hands-on Civil War historian. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. This is Civil War Talk Radio. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu. Dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at E-C-U dot E-D-U. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking tonight with Brian Cheeseborough. He works with the National Archives, also 
uh, a reenactor, a preservationist, and a, a social media manager, uh, a man of many Civil War-related interests. And Brian, I, I love that story about getting your wife to see the cyclorama at Gettysburg. That really is a wonderful way to to draw someone in. Uh, what got you drawn into the, the field of Civil War history? Um, well, I think it's really uh, American history um, uh, altogether. And um, I, I think I've thought about that. I don't really have a starting point on when I became interested in history. I've been interested ever since I can remember. Mm -hmm. um, uh, another quick story. Um, I think I forget exactly how old I was, but at some point in my life, I know it was before I was 10, I had seen so many black and white pictures. I had seen so many black and white films and, and, and so on old things that I, rem I remember asking my mom, when did the world turn into color? <laughs> uh, so let that one sink in. But um, <laughs> um, now I I just um, just always been interested. Um, I don't know what I don't know where that comes from. I, I it doesn't come from my parents. It doesn't come from other members of my family. Some of them run away when I talk about history. Um, but I just uh, it, it certainly is great to grow up in an area. I, I was born and raised in Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. and of course the, the Civil War is all around and 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 histories all around the area. Um, so yeah, I, it's just always been there. So did you decide at some point or, or imagine at some point you could make a career out of doing something history related? Uh, I, I just knew when I was in college that, um, I was, I wanted to major in history. I wasn't quite sure what I was, what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. I, I did try teaching. I, it didn't really take too well for me. I have simply found for me that um, it's so easy. I can I can do it in my sleep. If someone comes to say the archives or someone comes to you know a, a reenactment or whatever and asks, well, what was this about or you know how did this work or you know do you know anything about this historic event? I could talk to them all day long. But if mm -hmm. I was in a classroom and it's students, and I understand certainly some students, history is not their area. Like science might be or or mm -hmm. anything. Um, that they're not interested. And, and, and then if they're not interested, it really can affect me. So um, that's the great thing about the archives is that um, there are people who are obviously coming there to uh, learn about their past or learn about some historic event. So what do you do at the archives? What's a day like for you? A day like for me is it's in the research room. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm working with the public directly. Um, and uh, we're basically there to uh, make sure that records are being preserved and used properly, uh, used, you know, so that they can be used again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we just, you know, are sure to keep an eye on people that um, things aren't being damaged, things aren't being uh, misplaced. Uh, I, I Stolen is, <laughs> I hate to bring that up, but just, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a reality. Sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, I remember seeing a, a, a woman one time writing in pencil on some records, and I've mm -hmm. never seen her again. 
Um, you know, so uh, that's, uh, you know, people like that get banned, unfortunately. Um, it's always great to see uh, the things that people come in for. And for instance, a lot of where I work is where uh, Civil War military, compiled military service records, or CMSRs as they're called, <laughs> uh, where they are, and as well as Civil War pensions and other Civil War related documents. Um, so a lot of, at this point, a lot of people are using those. If they're not writing books and such, they're using those to learn about their ancestors, particularly through the pensions, because <laughs> the CMSRs are more kind of um, uh, just uh, this soldier was here, March and April, May and June, they were present. Otherwise, they were in the hospital or on leave or something like that. Did, have you ever found anything your, yourself? I, I've, I've, occasionally, you'll, you'll read of somebody who works in the archives finding you know, a Lincoln letter tucked in some obscure folder. Have you ever found anything unexpected? Um, yeah, definitely. We, um, I think one of the last things uh, that was found, uh, and this comes from people who've requested uh, these records, and they're, uh, basically it's kind of a three-part. Uh, they go to consultation to mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, um, get what they're looking for. Um, we approve the slips. Then the pull refile staff pulls them, and then and and by the way, as you mentioned, I'm not speaking for the archives of the federal government when I'm talking about this. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then they come to the research room where I am, and um, then uh, when the records are pulled, um, you know they'll request, they'll say I've got some records holding, and then we'll either go retrieve the card or, or, or the boxes, the shelf pulls are there, or the pensions are there in the room, and then they get those things one at a time. Um, so uh, that's that's pretty much the day. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, um, one one story real quick was where. Um, uh, an African-American woman came and she uh, had a little photo of a white man in a Civil War pension that she was looking for, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be of her, I guess, great, great grandfather or something, um, you know, grandfather soldier who fought in the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So um, she said, I don't think this photo of this white man belongs in my pension. And I don't know what to do other than, I mean, we have forms to fill out to say that this might need to be corrected. Um, anyway, um, I walked over to her table and uh, I couldn't think of what to do. So I just like reached down and grabbed about half of the stack of these papers from this pension. And I hit the jackpot because when I lifted a picture of that great, great grandfather was staring back at us. And she about jumped out of her skin and, uh, you know, other, and somebody else was there saying, man, would you like me to scan that for you and everything? And <laughs> that was, that was really, a wow. that was awesome. So there are, there are photographs as well as, as written documents in these records on occasion. Not many photographs. We find them very, very rarely, but when we do, um, there, if there, if there are especially 10 types Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, uh, uh, the, the paper photographs of the CDBs, no, not, no, not really. But mm-hmm. the 10 types, those are uh, flagged and those are removed, put into the vault, and copies are made or whatever put into the pension. But there are some that are taken out for specific preservation methods. Mm-hmm. So it, it's an important point. Most listeners know this, but, but anyone can go to the National Archives. It's not like you have to be a university professor or anything. Oh, absolutely. Um, right now, uh, we're on a, uh, a 
appointment system, and this is mm-hmm. the first time, this is something that COVID left with us that um, mm-hmm. before you could just walk in off the street and come in and get a research card and, and start researching. Um, you know, uh, but now uh, we're on a system, uh, we're fully open mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, people can come in and, and by appointment and, uh, and look at records. So this, um, did you get this, this position right out of college uh, working at the archives? No, I, um, as I said, I taught for a while. I did a number of mm-hmm. things. I, I even worked at a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, um, I, uh, and, and moved away, um, uh, when I got married and then came back to the area. Uh, but, um, I've worked for the archives since 2007. I worked at first the Washington National Records Center, and that's kind of a, a storage facility for government records because the agencies still own the records themselves. Mm-hmm. They're still the, in you know, possession of those. We just store them there. Mm-hmm. At, at, that was in Suitland, Maryland. And then when I went to College Park, Archives 2, uh, otherwise known as, and that is mm-hmm. where most of the 20th century uh, records, say World War II and, and such are, Vietnam and everything, those mm-hmm. records are. And then in 2015, I uh, relocated to Archives 1, and that's where um, the Civil War records, as I mentioned, are. And, and that's, I think, what I really like the, um, is to help people find the Civil War soldier that they're looking for. It is a great thing. I, it, if you're, you know, listeners, if you're at Gettysburg in the Visitor Center, they have computer terminals there with instructions on how you can start looking for your Civil War ancestor. And that that pursuit ultimately, if, if you're you're going for that primary source, will get you to Washington and the National Archives. Brian, one of the many other things you've done, and I'm looking at your your photograph on Skype here. You're wearing uh, the Union Kepi. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you you've done reenacting. What? Um, let me ask sort of a general question about about reenacting uh, philosophically. Uh, where does it fit for you in terms of of both experiencing Civil War history and teaching Civil War history? Uh, you know, you can find people who are enthusiastic about it. You can find people who are skeptical of it. Where where, where do you see it? Well, having done it, um, I I enjoy it. I mean, it can be a lot of work, um, mm-hmm. but um, I I really uh, like it. Um, I know uh, one. A friend of mine, uh, she mentioned that she uh, was surprised because she kind of, I guess, had that uh, uh, image of, of reenactors being kind of the, you know, the, the yahoos or all they care about is shooting black powder or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and I guess there can be some like that. But um, many reenactors I know are people who really um, have even presented, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've spoken to groups or, or whatever. Uh, and are very knowledgeable. Uh, I've met some that that aren't. I remember being at one event and asking one of the uh, Union soldiers, and I just do the uh, Union soldier. I I I I uh, don't do Confederate. Um, <laughs> uh, I I remember going to a sporting goods store one time, and and um, uh, I was looking for a skull cap because I I kind of cheat and wear like a a moisture wicking skull cap under that forage cap that you're <laughs> uh and and um i remember going to a sporting goods store and um i asked do you guys have these you know these skull caps and the guy's like oh yeah and everything and then he says to me um could you would you mind if i ask what is it you need this for and i said you will never guess and this was a <laughs> this was a black gentleman i was talking to uh-huh. so i told him and he goes really 
you know, about reenacting. And then he goes, you're not a Confederate reenactor, are you? And I said, no, no, no. And, you know, I try not to judge anybody who does whatever, even Confederate about reenacting. I just know why I do it. But, um, but no, um, it, um, uh, I, I really just kind of see myself as a tour guide when it comes to reenacting. And it's like that living history, that public history that you talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I like the mix of doing, um, uh, we just did a bat- the Battle of Cedar Creek this weekend, mm-hmm. this past weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm doing Remembrance Day up in Gettysburg, the big parade next month. Right. Um, I help plan uh, or, or coordinate the reenactors for Fort Stevens Day in Washington, D.C. Uh, Fort Stevens, the only battle, Civil War battle to take place in D.C. Mm-hmm. I help uh, coordinate that, that with the Alliance to preserve the Civil War defenses of Washington. Um, and, uh, you know, other events throughout the year, we, we just do all kinds of things um, with, with the reenacting. Well, I did, you're... you're comment on the alliance to preserve uh, the defenses of the Civil War Washington something I definitely want to ask you about but let me mm-hmm. stay on the reenacting for a minute um, you mentioned you don't represent Confederate soldiers and right. uh, that brings up sort of two related questions on the one hand uh, there's a question of, of who gets to reenact uh, clearly we don't limit reenacting to people who actually looked like Civil War soldiers. No, we don't. Uh, you know, Lee, Lee's Army of Northern Virginia in 1865 is rail thin and starving, and yet you have some, and, and young, and yet we have uh, some quite pudgy uh, and elderly <laughs> people representing them. Yeah. Uh, and, and we don't think much of that. Because you're African-American, however, and there's a controversy about African-American Confederates, uh, that adds yet another dimension. It's one thing for a woman to say, I want to reenact, uh, and say, well, you know, women weren't soldiers. Well, yeah, old fat guys weren't soldiers either, so move mm-hmm. over. Uh, <laughs> but you bring a different dimension to it by pointing out that, that Confederate African-American soldiers are you know, a, a, a mythical point of controversy. Well, definitely with reenacting, it, it's a public thing, and, and mm-hmm. anyone can do it. And I've seen all kinds of people, uh, almost mm-hmm. pretty much in all kinds of. Uh, I, I've um, there's Asian reenactors, and, and mm-hmm. finding that there were some Asian soldiers, but not too many, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have seen women uh, dressed as men soldiers. I've I've even seen a guy dressed in a dress. Mm. Yeah, um, you know, and. Um, you know, in, in that regard, I, I'm of the school of, of, you know, if you want to reenact, because I know what it's like to be, as I said, growing up interested in American history. I know what that's like when nobody mm-hmm. is really interested. So I'm I'm definitely pro, you know, well, if you want to reenact, let's find a place for what you want to do. Um, you know, so, um, and, and this weekend, that's the other thing, um, mm-hmm. Battle of Cedar Creek, uh, October 19th, 1864. I believe that we're learning that there were some armed teamsters hmm. with the uh, army of the, I guess, the Shenandoah or whatever it was, um, the, the 6th Corps, 19th Corps and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I actually fell in with the 28th Massachusetts Infantry, great mm-hmm. bunch of guys, part of the Irish Brigade. And that's all based on them inviting me to, to participate with them. Uh, I, you know, wear corporal stripes now, so, you know, I'm 
gave some commands or whatever it is. Mm. And and that's where reenacting, um, you know, if somebody asked, well, what was what about something like that? And I might say, well, we are finding that there were some black soldiers with Union regiments. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple books written by about that by when Juanita Patience Moss, I think is the author's name. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, uh, again, reenacting, you know, can all come up with all kinds of things. Uh, I was glad they tell somebody, well, to my knowledge, there were no black soldiers in the 28th Massachusetts, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm here representing uh, the USCT or I'm here representing whatever at this event. And, an experience I recall having at a reenactment at Plymouth, not going as a, just a visitor, mm-hmm. and seeing um, a USCT artillery unit, and uh, I'd never come across that in my reading. And there was a, a reenactment unit uh, with their 12-pound Napoleon, and I talked to one of the artillerists, and he educated me about USCT artillery. Uh, so. You know, you never know what you're going to learn at, at one of these events. Um, yeah, I, I think that they are worth it. And and I think with just a minute left, I'll say that, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think what I'm most impressed with at this point in reenacting, uh, not so much the person that has the spot on impression and, and authentic and very thing like that where they've got it down to the buttons. That's great. Mm-hmm. But I right. think I'm most impressed at, for me personally is that person who is so dedicated Um one of the guys that went went out with us on Sunday for the Sunday battle, I mean, he's an older gentleman, and I saw where he had to steady himself a couple times. Mm. But I just told him, I said, you know, I just, you don't have to do this, and I really appreciate that you came out because I can see that how much it means to you to, to do this. And I've even known reenactors who have been buried in their uniforms when they passed away. Well, <laughs> that is dedication. Yes. Uh, we're going to take another short break. We'll come back and talk more with our guest, Brian Cheesebro, the hands-on historian. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. This is Civil War Talk Radio. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Civil War Talk Radio. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to prokopovichg at ecu dot edu. That's P-R-O-K-O-P-O-W-I-C-Z-G at E-C-U 
www.ucc.edu. Now, back to Civil War Talk Radio. And welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich, talking today with Brian Cheeseboro, the hands-on historian, National Archives uh, professional, also uh, reenactor, also preservationist, uh, also online maven, I'm not sure what the word is, uh, moderator. Preservation is, is a big issue, obviously, for anyone involved in Civil War public history. And, Brian, you mentioned the uh, Alliance to Preserve the Civil War Defenses of Washington. Yes. I gather this is a group that you're involved with? Yes, I'm uh, currently the, uh, the secretary of the uh, group, and I'm supposed to take the minutes for um, have our meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't tell you how many years I've been involved. It's been several, um, uh, I believe somewhere around the 150 of the Fort Stevens, which was back in 2014. Um, anyway, um, our, our website is apcwdw.com. Again, apcwdw.com. Uh, and and I can speak on their behalf. I, I have the permission from the president uh, of the group. But um, our main things are just about um, preserving, obviously, uh, uh, you know, the the sites, uh, making people aware of the sites, certainly, um, and um, uh, just educating the public on it. Um, you know, we're hoping to uh, get into schools and 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 talk to students and tell them about. Um, and I'm always struck by the fact that I know a lot of kids in, in, in the area, in this area, the D.C. metro area, um, would certainly, when it's covering the Civil War, would likely go to Gettysburg or maybe mm-hmm. Antietam. But um, there's Civil War right here with the, with the remains of the forts. And, and, and many of those places are no longer um, even visible. There's the shopping mm-hmm. center there or something like that. Um, and just with our community event of Fort Stevens. But um, uh, that's, I just wanted to mention too, um, with the whole Civil War defenses of Washington, um, a lot of people who consider themselves, as you know, Civil War enthusiasts or buffs or, mm-hmm. I don't like that word, but, um, or, or whatever, may not even really know much about um, that there were forts all around D.C. Uh, during the war. Um, D.C., by the way, was a smaller city inside of the District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah, the District of yeah. Columbia. So as the border's the same as you see them today, but it was just a small piece uh, that was actually Washington City, D.C. Uh, Georgetown, which is a neighborhood now, was a separate town. And the rest of it was an entity called Washington County, D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. You can look that up on, um, on, um, on Wikipedia or something. Uh, I, I know that you've talked with many of your previous guests and many of them say things like um, that the American heritage uh, picture history of the Civil War from the early 60s really just got them. And, yes. and I was I was part of that. I mean, it's a great book. Um, <laughs> American heritage put out so much great stuff. They even put out board games and I have a couple of those still. Um, but um, I remember looking at a great map there of, of D.C. Um, during the Civil War from 1862. Mm-hmm. And I'm in D.C. looking at this as a kid growing up, and I saw where it said Washington County, and I'm like, what is that? I've never heard of that. Um, but eventually I found out about it, and uh, it was just farm country. Um, and some of the forts that uh, that from the Civil War defenses actually end up being inside what's now D.C., what's the District of Columbia. So like the Battle of Fort Stevens, mm-hmm. um, 
I always think it's funny when I see where um, there's people that say it's near Washington, D.C., outside of D.C. It's actually in D.C. The battle took place. It's the only Civil War battle in, in, in Washington, D.C. But it was outside. It was in the outskirts of the city at the time. Um, so what, what is left of, of Fort Stevens? If I go there, what will I see? You would see it's kind of an earthen mound. It's covered. It's just grass. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were some um, fortifications uh, that were built, um, the platforms for the guns, and there's a couple of cannon there. Um, so you'll see uh, um, that was rebuilt back in the 30s by the Civilian Conservation Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's only part of it. It's, it's, um, the expanded part is really all that's left. The original fort, uh, Fort Massachusetts, um, it was renamed for Isaac Stevens, who was killed at Chantilly in 1862. Um, the original fort is long gone. Uh, there's actually uh, the, the church next to it um, built a, um, uh, I think, a low income housing or something like that place next to it. Um, so that's actually gone. But there's still something to see, and that's where we have Fort Stevens Day mm-hmm. uh, every year. Uh, fort Totten, just to the east of that, is now a metro station. Uh, other forts like Fort DeRussey to the west are pretty much swallowed up by Rock Creek Park, the, uh, all the trees there. But, mm-hmm. but the fort is actually still there and still intact. Mm-hmm. Um, I often think real quick that um, whenever um, Gettysburg, the movie Gettysburg is a great movie. Yes. Uh, but um, there's a scene right before Pickett's Charge where um, Armistead and Dick Garnet are talking to each other. And uh, Garnet's on his horse, and he's right. been injured and everything. And um, uh, Armistead is telling him, you, know, you can't go up there on your horse and everything because you'll be killed, which is actually what happens. Right. But um, Garnet doesn't really listen to him, and he just says, you know, we're going we're gonna go up there today, and we're going to break that line. And when the Yankees run away, there's going to be an open road all the way to Washington. And I'm thinking, you know, whoever wrote that, didn't know anything about the Civil War defenses of Washington. Um, I mean, come on, because was Antietam, was Sharpsburg really a target? Was Gettysburg really a target? If there were no Civil War defenses, of course, the Mm -hmm. Army of Northern Virginia would have attacked D.C. in a heartbeat. No, that's... uh... We we had a lot of discussions about that at Gettysburg this past week about you know what if little Round Top had fallen what if this or that had happened and my answer was always well you know Meade would fall back to Pipe Creek and he'd have another battle right and if he were defeated there Washington is a fortress uh, it's filled with troops and and right. uh, uh, it's not easily going to just just fall but uh, it, it's interesting to to learn and then to you know for visitors to be aware how much there is to see in in dc the uh, the, the soldier's home the the lincoln cottage is another of those sites that people don't always know is there and uh, right. uh, definitely worth seeing uh, one other thing i want to ask you about was the uh, your, your presence uh, uh moderating a facebook group that one of the ways people communicate now obviously uh the best way of course is listen to podcasts uh this one in particular (laughs) but but besides that uh there are face there there are there are groups online i i've belonged for for 20 years to one of the the uh uh, to h-civ war one of the uh uh, listservs that are part of the history h-net group that are for professionals that you have to 
be admitted to it, you have to be a graduate student or a professor uh, or, or an author or have, have some credential. And so the time is spent talking about conferences and grants more than the Civil War. Uh, but no one gets on there and starts arguing, well, the Civil War wasn't really about slavery. You don't get any of that. Right. Uh Online in general, uh, uh, you, you get a vast amount of that. You, you get people saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Tell us, tell, tell us about the group that you moderate or, or, or are involved with and, and what level you're able to keep it at. My group is, sure, my, my group is called the Civil War Era Historians page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I created that maybe about five years ago and um in in terms of moderating i just set out to create a group that wasn't about all the arguing because i know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. that um you know there's people who are still stuck in that area and i just kept thinking you know civil war history is so rich it's so vast there's so much more than this whole was it slavery was it not slavery and all this kind of stuff where it was a south right there's so much more than that mm-hmm. and i just wanted to get beyond that um so i just um you know created the group and invited you know friends of mine that i knew weren't really lost cause related i mean i i know some people in that area and they're they're fine people too but mm-hmm. i just i just said you know i just want to you know get people who want to get away from this and i always remember one of the first when i created the page uh, and and I did this with um, another um, moderator, Lee Kitchens, from another. Uh, we we met in another group mm-hmm. uh, where we were both moderators, and and I and I kind of liked it at the time, you know, in that in that other group. I'm like, it's kind of neat to have, I guess, that power, and it's a power trip to to be able to prove <laughs> people, and and right. even to to know. I mean, I'm thinking there's probably not many African American moderators of these Facebook pages, and and I sure. was, you know. If you're even if you're Confederate, that's fine. Just come here and obey the rules. And I was approving people and stuff like that. I just mm-hmm. got tired of arguing with people about stuff I knew wasn't true. Right. So that that's why I said, let me go on and move on and do something different. So um it it um we've had a few times where some people come on and, and have some problems, but you know, if they didn't work out, you know, move on or might have to kick them out or something. But for the most part, I think it's it's a good group um where those that arguing is not going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, case in point, John Brown, uh, that anniversary of his of his you know raid or whatever you want to call it, was mm-hmm. just the other day. And um, I know on other pages, he's a murdering terrorist. He's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, all that stuff. Uh, I, I my little joke is John Brown had twenty kids. Of course he was crazy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> so no. Um, but just that. Um, um, it, on my page, you know, someone will post John Brown, and it really doesn't create that. Uh, so that's what I set out to do. Well, it, it seems to work because the, the conversation there is civil and and uh, and interesting. People, you know, talk about history and talk about things they've read or, or right. places they've been, and and uh, uh, or or controversies that are uh, not these sort of unsolvable political ones, but actual, you know ones of some historical interest and right. so so that that's a that's a great service to the field to have that that outlet out there and and i and i tried to create a group too that was open to the you know the the, the novice the oh, mm-hmm. i just love the civil war person as well as the you know academic i mean um there's some people that you know that are on there and, and right. one of the members on there so i i like that mix i really do um 
I wouldn't want to turn somebody away who had a genuine interest, as long as they're not trying to defend, uh, you know, better yeah. see in the wrong way. I, I just, uh, uh, real quick about Cedar Creek this past weekend, I, mm-hmm. uh, I was one of the featured speakers, uh, and I did my thing. I called the Voices of Cedar Creek, and I used some primary sources of people who were in the battle and, and letters that they've written to their spouses or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And um, I shared something of a um, Confederate Colonel Thomas Henry Carter, who was chief of artillery uh, there, and uh, you know for Burley's army. And I read the letter that he sent to his wife, and I, then I mentioned that he, um, according to the 1860 census, enslaved uh, 100, 119 people, wow. and um, that he went from that to <laughs> uh, by the late in the war, advocating enlistment of black soldiers. And so mm. I spoke for 45 minutes, and after that, I'm just like, I'm just kind of exhausted. Yeah. But of course, I did the you know, obligatory, does anybody have any questions and everything? Right. So, you know, to be courteous. And, and so uh, a gentleman, he didn't really have a question, but he, he just challenged me. He's like, you know, um, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't stand the use of the word enslaved, you know, as enslaved mm. people. Um, you know, and <laughs> he called it cultural Marxism. Um, so, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm still laughing at that one, but, and also, of course he had, you know, went on that there were, you know, black Confederate soldiers, you know, from hmm. the and the whole thing. And, and I'm just like, you know, I, I, nothing I could say could change his mind and nothing he could say could really change me. And does anybody else have any questions <laughs> for me? So, but yeah, um, I, I just, um, I don't care if those, if those people have their group, I know that, that you know, war between the states groups exist or Dixie right. exist. That's fine. It, that's what social media is about. But I just wanted a group that um, where people could feel to get away from just the arguing. And, and, and somebody, I remember, they just said it was so refreshing to create a group like the one I did. It, it really is. It's, it's a pleasure to read it and to see that. We have just a, a minute left, and I cannot resist doing, as I often do, uh, inviting you to the Civil War time machine uh, in, in 15 seconds, if you could go back to the Civil War for 30 minutes, who would you want to meet? I would want to meet enslaved people. Ah. I know we have uh, slave narratives. I know that um, we have uh, post-war, um, you know, the PA mm-hmm. recordings from the 30s and such. But I I thought about this, and I know a lot of people say Lincoln and everything like that. Right. But I would really like to meet, and it wouldn't be easy. No. People who were in slavery and saw no way out. What an interesting answer. Because so much, you know, so much is lost of of anything for those people who didn't see. Oh, it's almost over, or something like that. Those people who um. You know what? You know we don't have their testimonies. We don't have their names. We don't have their faces or anything. And, and I just, I would love to go back and just see them. Well, that that what really interesting, and and what a service that would be if if it could be done. Unfortunately, uh, it can't. Nor can we keep talking because we are out of time. Uh, but Brian, what a pleasure talking with you. I, I hope our paths cross on the Civil War Trail soon. Thank you, Jerry. I really appreciated this. Um, I just can't thank you enough. This has been great. And listeners, as always, thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio.
Thank you for embarking on a part of American history this week. Civil War Talk Radio with Jerry Prokopovich can be heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.